Thanks for today for tuning in for Investment Insight. Um, we have one of my good friends, Jonathan Burns, here today. And one of the common topics we talk about is trusts and wills and estate planning. And one of those topics that Jonathan um, is an expert in is community property trust. You know, one of the things about Tennessee is Tennessee is not a community property state, but they have this neat thing called the community property trust. So Jonathan, tell us a little bit about how community property trust works, what's the benefits, what's the negatives, those kind of things. Great, great, Brent, thanks for having me. Glad to be here with you all today. And, and yeah, really excited to talk about the community property trust and the benefits it can give yeah. to certain clients that have, we'll call it the right type of assets. And when I say right type of assets, I mean, non-retirement investment accounts, real estate, uh, business interests, things like that, that are worth more than what they paid for it, right? And so to, so I think- So assets that have appreciated. Assets that have appreciated. Okay. Uh, if you're talking about real estate, maybe assets that you have depreciated, right? To offset other income and things like that. Okay. Uh, but right, kind of easiest to show everybody how they best work through example. Okay, so let's say we've got an asset. This could be again, investments, real estate. It's worth, Easy math for me. Let's say we've got something worth $500,000. Okay, so that's what we'll call our fair market value. Okay, and if this is investments, let's say this, this is $200,000 is what they initially paid you know, for those investments. So you know, they gave you 200 grand, next week you turn it into 500 grand. That's usually the turn, turnaround, right? For, yeah, it's, for it's usually that quick, I'm sure. I, I would say, totally right, a joke, right. and hopefully um, <laughs> that, is, that is not normally the case. So, but basically the asset has gone from 200,000 to being worth $500,000. Right, so okay. if the married couple, we'll, we'll say for purposes of our example, initially this is just a joint account, okay? Yeah. So they call you, they say, hey, I don't want stocks anymore, I want cash, right? They're paying tax on the difference in the 500,000 and the 200,000, the 300,000 to gain a potentially 20% capital gains tax rate. Sure. Uh, right, $60,000 of tax, they're having to pay if my math is correct. So let's say those are our initial facts. Um, for whatever reason, okay, when a person passes away, okay, the IRS lets us get what's called a cost basis step up, okay? And if this is a joint asset, what the IRS is gonna say is that each spouse put in half of that initial purchase price, okay? So going back to what I just said, for whatever reason, when a person passes away, the IRS says that that spouse's piece of that cost basis gets an adjustment, gets what's called a step up in cost basis to you know, whatever their interest is worth, right? So if the whole thing is worth 500 grand, that means that each spouse is one half interest is worth 250. Okay. So basically what you're, you're saying, of course, is, is they put in $200,000 originally, and because they're married, $100,000 is allocated towards each you got it. couple. So you like got your it. wife would get 100 grand, and you would get 100 grand, and that is, okay, you I got follow it. you there. So when that first spouse passes, that spouse's piece of that cost basis gets that adjustment. Okay, it's what gets that step up to what his or her one half is worth. Well, again, the whole thing's worth 500. That means that each half is worth 250. Yeah. Right? And so in normal circumstances, again, in most states, when that first spouse passes, the surviving spouse still has his or her original portion of the cost basis. Surviving spouse gets that stepped up piece of cost basis, right? So add those two together. Now the surviving spouse has a cost basis of 350, okay? okay. So if surviving spouse calls you the next day, says, hey, I want to sell these stocks, I want some cash. We've got less tax to pay, right? Because our gain is only now 150,000 as opposed to 300,000, right? So that's what happens, not in a trust yet, just in normal circumstances, right? That we've got less tax to pay once that first spouse passes if we want to sell something. So, right? yeah, so in this case, one spouse dies, the asset is worth $500,000, their basis has now gone from 200,000 to 350, 
And so if they sell the 500 minus 350, they only pay taxes on the $150,000 in this example. You got it, okay. absolutely right, absolutely right. So the first trust, again, the one you, you mentioned just a second ago, we'll call it the Tennessee Community Property Trust, okay? And any trust, any trust you put in place during your lifetime, you've got at least three roles, okay? You've got what's called a grantor, or grantors, okay, that's who's creating the trust and putting their stuff inside. Who's giving the money. You got it. You've got what's called a trustee, or trustees. That's who's in charge of what's inside the trust. Then you've got a beneficiary or beneficiaries, right, who this stuff is for, okay? And typically, you're gonna have both spouses for all three, right? So we're not gonna change the dynamics of how assets are handled, administered, enjoyed whatsoever. But if we've so got- the, the benefit know, of that, of course, is, is if they're both the granters and they're the trustees, they still maintain control of everything. Absolutely. Okay. Still in control and it's all for them, right? Not changing, not changing anything at all as far as that goes. But take our same, our same hypothetical, our same example. You know, a brokerage account worth 500 grand, cost basis of 200. Instead of having a joint name, if we've got it inside a Tennessee Community Property Trust, yeah. when the first spouse passes, not only does the first to see spouse's piece of that cost basis get that step up, get that adjustment, the surviving spouse's piece also gets that step up gets that adjustment. So now the surviving spouse has a what I'll call a full fair market value cost basis equal to the full fair market value, in this case 500000 So if you've got you know, a brokerage account with $500,000 for the stock, you've got a cost basis of 500000 If that surviving spouse calls you and says, hey, sell all the stocks, I want some cash, we're not paying any tax whatsoever. So for the right type of assets, this can make a huge so the difference. the benefit of community property trust really is Instead of just getting that half step up in cost basis, right, you are getting a full step up in cost basis if your spouse dies. Sure, I'm right, absolutely right, right on point. So, so that's a. So have you ever seen one of your clients maybe kill their spouse in order to get the benefit? <laughs> because it seems like this would be a pretty big tax benefit. I'm joking, of course, but you know that would definitely because now in the case instead of both spouses having to pass away, you're getting a full step up if one. You got it. Spouse you got passes it. away. So optimal, putting the surviving spouse in an optimal income tax situation where, hey, if we need to sell something, okay, we're not paying any tax in any situation, at least under current law, right, until you decide to sell something. But flexibility that, hey, I could sell it without having to worry about, you know, tax issues that otherwise might, might apply. So this has been around by, by law in Tennessee since 2010. By statute, we've had this type of trust available. This is our way in Tennessee to get on a level playing field with states like California, Texas, Arizona, that are community property states by default. So in those states, for whatever reason, you don't need a special type of trust. There's just a federal statute that says, hey, when, when the first spouse passes and they own community property, full step up. But there's only six, seven, eight states in the whole country that are community property states. So we have a, a statutory vehicle where we can, in essence, opt into that federal tax treatment by converting our property to community property. So what are the rules if you've got a Tennessee Community Property Trust? How does that work um, if you're an out-of-state person? What are the rules on that? Great question, great question. So a lot, you know, we've got a lot of good trust laws um, in Tennessee, and I would suggest some of that is because, you know, the legislature wants to drive business to Tennessee, okay? They want, they want people to move their money or, ha or pay money to the state of Tennessee or those who work in the state of Tennessee. Uh, so right in line with that, the only, we'll call it Tennessee connection, associated with the Tennessee Community Property Trust, is that while both spouses are living, right, and this requirement goes away once that first spouse passes, but while both spouses are living, we need at least one qualified trustee, okay? A qualified trustee is a Tennessee resident or a corporate trust company 
qualified to do business here. Okay. So that means basically that they could live in Tennessee or they could use a business you got it. that's based in Tennessee to be their trustee. You got it. So for okay. folks that live in Tennessee, this isn't a problem, right? A lot of times, of course, both spouses are qualified trustees. But for those that live out of state, maybe have never set foot in Tennessee, don't have any property in Tennessee, you can still use this, right? You're just appointing what I'll call the third wheel trustee that serves with both spouses, you know, to be that Tennessee trustee to meet the statutory requirement to get this tax benefit when that first spouse. Are there very passes. many states that allow this? Florida, so Alaska was the first state to put in place something like this. Tennessee, back in again 2010, Florida and 2021 are a few that have this type of vehicle okay. uh, to allow you to get this tax benefit. But generally speaking, Tennessee is one of the few states one that one allows you to do it. And how does that work for, so if one spouse passes away, mm -hmm. so like you're worried this building here and I own this property here. Well, I've owned this property now for 13 years. So yep. I've depreciated out right. a lot of you know, under that 28-year schedule, I've depreciated out a lot of the of the building. Sure, a lot of that so cost basis, yeah. So how does that work if I was to do this myself and, and let's say I was to pass away and my wife was to now get the property, how would that work for her for depreciation? Yeah, great, great question. And that's one of the, I would say, even better deals when you've got commercial real estate that this trust can provide you because same deal like we've been talking about, when that first spouse passes, full reset on that cost basis. All that depreciation you did goes away. And so the surviving spouse could re-depreciate that property at that new full fair market value cost basis. So it's really, I would say, emphasized the benefit could be for that commercial real estate where not only if you want to sell it, you can avoid the tax, but hey, you could re-depreciate it again, you know, keep the property yeah. and offset the income you got coming in. So yep. the, the benefit, of course, of that is, is now if, if I was to pass away, Susie could re-depreciate everything again. Yep. And yep. so even though I've already depreciated it, it's kind of a little bit of a loophole, right? Because now she would be able to get depreciation on an asset that she didn't pay for. Sure, sure, sure. And not to pay income tax on the rent, on the on a certain a certain portion of the rent because of the depreciation. You may not want to let her listen to this video. <laughs> hear this? Yeah, it's, it's, it's possibility she, she probably will. <laughs> no, but you're absolutely right. You're absolutely that's the benefit that can you know we can we can you know take the guesswork hypothetically. You know, a married couple could put everything in one spouse's name. And if they guess right, if it's all in that spouse's name, yeah. they get a step up. But if you guess wrong, you completely miss out on the step up. This takes out, you know, that takes out the guesswork, allows us to. So what you, you know, were saying there is, if you'd put it just in one person's name, and they died first, then you get the step up without a trust. But right. this does it where it doesn't matter who dies first. Exactly. If one person dies, but does it only apply to married couples? Got to be a married couple. Okay. Only applies for married couple. Yeah. Okay. So yep. you can't be. Now, what about property? What if you own property? Let's say me and Susie own 95% of this building, but Hayden ends up buying 5% of it. Could we still do that? Yeah, so for your piece, right, your 95% piece is what gets the step up, okay? And we'll certainly put, you know, in a context just in line with what you said. Oh, cool. Right, it may be, it may be context, right, where you've got, pro you've got you know, an LLC that owns 100% of the property, but then you don't own all the LLC. So you stick your membership interest, the percentage you have into this, and your percentage, right, regardless of which spouse passes first, and what is what that in, that interest represents internally inside the LLC, the property itself, right? That corresponding amount gets that step up as well. So, so that's it can, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So you can do that yourself, and you if you have a business partner, they don't even have to be involved. Sure, sure, uh, sure. So you get the step up. Yep. Now, how does it work with the IRS? Have you seen? I, I, one of the things we notice is a lot of times when people pass away, that they don't realize they get a step up from one spouse. Yep, yep. So what is? Are there any recommendations you have in terms of? recording that or um, you know, implementing that? 
so that the accountants, everybody's on the same page? With it, it's conversations, absolutely right. No, it's conversations okay. that everybody's talking about, especially right on your back end where you're updating the records internally about what the call basis is, saying, hey, here's the type of trust this is. So here's what you need to update. I had a conversation for a, a client a client with a client CPA yeah. within the past week where we put this in place for a ton of real estate they owned. Um, and you know they just didn't know off the top of their head or didn't see for sure that, hey, this is the type of trust that owns it. So initially the CPA is saying to me, hey, I know they got all this property in, this, in a trust, so I assume it's just his portion they got to step up, but yeah. no, right. It's, this, it's a community property trust, therefore the whole thing got a cost basis step up. So right, the CPA is just making sure those records are updated to know going forward Right, we've got a full cost space to step up. So if the surviving spouse wants to sell something, right, she's not paying tax, except for appreciation that occurred after that first spouse. So it's gotta be very, very important in order to take the benefit from this, even if you take the half, that you're aware of the law. Sure, sure. And you communicate probably with your beneficiaries or your future trustees that they know exactly what this is. 100%, 100%. You can do, and, and you know, you can do a, all the planning in the world you want to do. But if those involved don't know what you were doing or how it works, you can miss out on the benefits you were trying to see that too many times. Okay. Yeah. And so I'm trying to think, we've got a cost basis, we've got out of state. Are there any other parts? So does a Tennessee Community Property Trust protect me if I get sued? It does not. So that's what I would call the one downside of this trust versus what you could otherwise do through different types of trust. Protection here, no, is defined as income taxes. Protection here is not lawsuit protection. And just a quick on how I would say this is uh, worse, protection-wise, lawsuit-wise, from the default to Tennessee. Now, if you've got a, a married couple um, in Tennessee, we'll say, you know, husband and wife that own property in joint name, that default to Tennessee is what's called tenants by the entirety ownership. Okay, that is our default. We are not a community property state. Okay, okay. we are tenants by the entirety state. And that's a good thing uh, from a creditor protection standpoint, okay? The way that works, if husband, you know, it, we'll pick on you. We'll yeah, say yeah. Brent, Brent's driving down the road, you have a car wreck, it's your fault, and they sue you, they get a judgment against you, okay? If they can only sue you, they cannot bring Susie into the lawsuit for any reason whatsoever. They cannot touch, they cannot come after your tenants by the entirety stuff. So like our house is our, just our joint name, so they could never mess with that. Can't touch it. They gotta be able to sue both you and Susie to come after your joint stuff, okay? okay? Their hope is, is that Susie passes first, now Brent owns that house just in his name, right, they which they could come after, you got it. But while you're both living, if they can just sue one, they can't touch your jointly owned tenants by the entirety property, right? If we take your tenants by the entirety property and put it inside a Tennessee community property trust, we have converted this from tenants by the entirety property to community property, okay? And community property doesn't give us the same type of protection from the creditors of just one spouse, okay? So if that home is inside of a Tennessee community property trust, you have the car wreck, you get sued, they get the judgment against you, that creditor could hypothetically come after your one-half interest in what's inside a Tennessee community property trust. So from a lawsuit protection standpoint, I would suggest we're, we're worse off by doing something than if we just did nothing at all and had stuff in joint name. And there's other types of trust that, that are more so do. focused on the lawsuit protection. I would suggest up here, you know, when we've got the right type of assets that this makes sense for tax-wise, you know, we are going to combine that with umbrella coverage, liability coverage, insurance, you know, to protect against the what could happen from a lawsuit perspective. Okay. Yep. And so now, this is, is this a revocable trust? You can change things in it or is it irrevocable? Great question. So I will typically draft these trusts on both spouses are living the revocable, amendable, change anything you want to change. Okay. But you can make it irrevocable. You could. You could. I, sure. I, but I, and I'll tell you, when the first spouse passes, I will typically draft this trust at that point to become irrevocable. Okay. We'll do that. The reasons I suggest we do that is that we can get some lawsuit protection. 
for half the stuff in the trust going forward. We can best structure things for federal estate tax purposes once that first spouse passes going forward. Um, and best we can, as much as we want to or as little as we want to, that we can have, I would suggest, better structuring to make sure that it gets to the intended beneficiaries we wanted to get, not to a new spouse, new family, you know, that might otherwise come around once that sure. first spouse passes. We're, like you could with a will, right? With your will, you can always change your will. But with the trust, you know, we can structure it away in ways, you know, to, to better follow the plan that both spouses agree to. Okay. So there, is there anything else you can think about with the community property trust that might be a benefit or a downside? I would say the only, and not necessarily specific to the community property trust, but just in line with one of the things we talked about earlier, right, where both spouses are grantors, both spouses are trustees, both spouses are beneficiaries. So we're not changing the dynamics really of how assets are handled and administered. Uh, it's also structured to be what's called a grantor trust for income tax purposes, which I would say is another way we keep things simple. The tax ID for this trust. Um, is designed to be the grantor socials, social okay. security numbers. And so we're not having to file while, while spouses are living. We're not having to file an extra income tax trust or trust income tax return to do anything, you know, extra on top of that. We're keeping things simple. All the income that I'm having here shows up on the grantors 1040s, just like it would if they owned the assets directly. So basically everything's going to just basically works the way it works now. You got it. If right. you don't have any trust, if you've got a joint account, it all falls like a joint account now. You got it's it. just you have this extra tax benefit. You do have a little bit more legal liability. Of course, you can get some umbrella policies for your cars and those kind of incidents. Um, but generally speaking, that's the, the negative. But the yeah. positives are pretty solid for taxes. 100%. You know, th this plans for, you know, I would suggest here, not to sound morbid, right, but this plans for the certainty. At some point, a spouse is going to pass. Yeah. So we're going to get that extra benefit that this type of trust can provide. Again, there's other types of trust that will focus more on lawsuit protection, right? That certainly have their place and certainly can give us protection if stuff like that happens. But there's not, in most cases, the certainty that I'm gonna get sued, right? There's the potential, but not the certainty. So yeah, great tool, do a ton of them. Um, and it can especially make a ton of sense when we've got the right, I'll call it tax facts. Awesome, well this is a great um, topic, Community Property Trust. And we appreciate you guys tuning in for Investment Inside Community Property Trust. And you know, Jonathan and I both kind of talk fast, so Please feel free to rewatch it if, um, if something is confusing. <laughs> but thanks for tuning in for Investment Insight.